Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2010 film, It's Kind of a Funny Story, is based on a, a true story of um, a young man who ends up in the hospital and the um, journey that um, follows from that uh, visit to the hospital after an attempt on um, a, a, not, a not so good choice that he was considering. Uh, joining us today to talk about many of the uh, themes and um, yeah, would, would that be correct? The themes of, of, of the film is um, Jared from the Louder Now podcast. Um, Jared, thank you for uh, joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, now, was that blurb or synopsis of it's a kind of a, a funny story accurate? Because I, 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 I always like to give like a little nibble of, of, of the film description for those who haven't seen it to, to not give too much away. But sort for of sure. Like, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> um, I, well, I first of all, I just want to say I think it's it's um, thanks for having me, man. But um, I think it's I, I've had this inspiration to like try to write a book and you know put my story in a book i'm sure lots of people who are, are like that you know with with mental health and um i've always had this i've always been into movies so i'm like oh maybe i'll try to like talk about movies while i talk about my mental health journey because i've been just consuming so that, movies and so i think so it's that's cool exactly that have... so that's exactly the kind of guest we want to have on exactly so you're, yeah. you're you're gonna be like the target audience of why this podcast was yeah and i i guess maybe i don't there's probably a lot more movie like because i was yeah. skimming through your podcast and i was like looking at some <laughs> movies and i was like i don't know any of these movies man i mean which is cool that's fine i mean yeah. that's how it is it's yeah. like when you're a movie person you, you just yeah. you gotta google like top 100 but yeah this movie just i saw a long time ago obviously 2010 that's like 10 years old being you know, 11 years old um and it's really just about this kid who like he has like a suicide attempt in new york city and then like he gets checked into the hospital but like the, he's a, a teen and a lot of hospitals have like an adolescent wing um, not all of them but that's accurate and and then yeah. it's full so he gets put in with the adults kind of just kind of a, a, a coming of age sort of kind of, you know, uh, realization of like, you know, how fragile life is and kind of how ridiculous my, my problems, you know, um, I'm not the only one with problems kind True. of, kind of True. exploration. Um, and just the people he meets, the Zach Galifianakis character is this guy in there, his name is Bobby and he's, Kind of takes him under his right. wing, and, and that may and and that part of it, the, the Zach Gallif, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anybody out there who can, yeah. I, I exactly. add to you. Uh, yeah, exactly. the, the the guy from the Hangover movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I believe he. If people have heard of it, I think he's the reason why people may have heard of it. Because I, I know that he's not the only name actor in in, in the film. I, I believe that Emma Roberts is also oh yeah she and, plays and, like the girlfriend Viola exactly. Davis, i think is the doctor exactly and and, and, and jim, jim gaffigan's and it. lauren graham play the right. parents but they're it's kind of they're, they're like a small part so they're not really yeah 
Correct. And you had mentioned the, the movies thing and in my, my background, and, and I am a, a self-professed uh, movie snob. I, I got no no qualms about admitting that. The side effect of that, though, is there's a lot of movies, and I, I mean mainstream movies everybody has seen, except for me, which <laughs> there are times when someone is on. I, I have someone on, and it'll, it'll probably be an episode airing probably around the same time this episode, mm-hmm. who had mentioned Frozen. I'm familiar with Frozen. I believe there's a sequel, right, of Frozen 2? There is. I have two never them, seen yeah. Frozen. Never seen Frozen. Really? Uh, <laughs> I was late to that one. I, I saw it years after it came yeah. out. I think it's yeah. 2013 or something. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. the one uh, side effect of um, being so in, into movies is that I, I sort of can't see the forest for the trees as far as that goes. And, and, and Frozen being uh, one example of that. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, that's that's like everybody's yeah, it, it's like favorite. I, yeah. Um, now, I, I, I do want to mention um, a, a couple of resources up front for those out there. I know that there are a couple different crisis text lines available. Uh, here in the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. And depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings, um, as they say. Um, so, Jared, um, thanks again for uh, being here today. I, I appreciate sure. it. Sure. Of course, man. Um, now, um, what, what, probably, probably the, 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 the basic, I guess, first question to ask, and it probably relates to, to, to the film in, in some way, but, but what set you on your, your, your journey into the uh, wonderful and, you know, wonderful in quotes and, and sarcasm intended uh, world of uh, mental health and, and recovery? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess a little backstory, but to kind of just, you know, keep it shorter. Um, I'm 35 now. I really think I've had bipolar my whole life. And I think that's probably true of lots of people with mental illness. I think things start in childhood. Um, My parents are divorced now, but like when my sister and I were kids, um, my dad was very like really amazing mom, but my dad was, um, had kind of problems with alcohol. He was verbally abusive. He was undiagnosed bipolar. So lots of yelling, lots of just, um, you know, on one hand, I was like a really happy kid and I was really involved in school. I played hockey. I was involved in church. Um, I was acting. I was like the center of attention. I socially, I thrived. I was really great with people. I struggled paying attention in class and I was always just like wanting to make movies and the end of high school, I got a video camera and that was trouble, you know, just filming people all the time. And yeah. um, so on one hand, I had a lot of things going for me, but then in college, um, I went to like a, a Bible school and I was in this kind of um, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place and very um, intense, uh, spiritually, um, very good in a lot of ways, lots of amazing friendships with people. But yeah, I um I had a panic attack one night and um, I was kind of on like a all night graveyard shift, but I was up all night praying. So yeah, just, yeah. 
it was very not normal. I mean, just like the, I mean, you know, when you're flying on an airplane going home and people are like, oh, what do you do? You know, and you're like, um, I stay up all night and pray on purpose and sleep, you know, from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. So I had a panic attack and I, and then, and then my mind was racing and then I couldn't sleep. And then, you know, one night turned into like three or four nights, which was really serious. I mean, just, yeah. you know, when you don't sleep for one night, obviously your, your body's completely thrown off. And so I got about to the seven day mark and then, um, my mom's a flight attendant. So she just like put me on a plane she's like, you need to come home. So I flew to California and I was right in the middle of like my last year of school. I was doing so much. So that um, started to eventually I slept. I got some medication. I got kind of a bipolar diagnosis. Then long story short, it kind of happened again a year later. And in between um, the year, I kind of just, no one was really accepting that I had bipolar like in my family. <laughs> so we kind of just, weaned me off medicine and then I kind of went right back to normal then it happened again and then um I uh, the second time around I um got more medication and then I I ended up being kind of okay for about four years then I did something really bad which is I got off all of it like just because it was like I think I'm over medicated which looking back I was but um that's never how you want to handle that, you know, like, oh, I'm on yeah, medicine. I'm yeah. just going to take myself off of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, I just right. want to interject uh, sure, for, sure. Those, for those listening. Um, if you don't ever, 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 ever <laughs> do any medication change unilaterally, always, always, always talk with your doctor. Exactly. Um, such, as yeah. what you, such as what you're describing. Don't ever, ever, <laughs> ever make a unilateral decision. Yeah. And honestly, some of it, which we'll probably get into this, but like, I, um, I was kind of really more listening to the, 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 the Christian people around me. And, um, part of the challenge was like the doctor I had was in California. And so I would kind of come home every few months, but yeah, I hit a wall and I started kind of feeling like I was going to have an episode again, but I was on, on all this med. So that like really didn't make any sense. It's like, how does, how does that work? So I went the other direction and initially I, I weaned myself off of a couple of them. I was yeah. on four different things and initially I started feeling really good. So it's like, oh, let's just stay there, you know, but yeah, then yeah. I went too far. And so um, I ended up, uh, I was 27 and um, I slipped into it again, you know, the mind racing, not sleeping. But the third time around, it was like the mo the most severe I was very suicidal um, and then, and I had never been to the hospital before, but this third time around, I went to the hospital and I was in a psych place, you know, kind of like the kid in the movie. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was a first. And then um, I had a few suicide attempts and then, and then at the end of this kind of eight month period, um, unfortunately, I, um, um, <clears throat> my mom had flown out of town and I, I basically took all the meds I could find that I had, which was probably like a hundred pills. Mm. Bad, man. I oh, turned yeah. overdose and um, I ended up in a coma. And mm. then um, I, this church that I had known about up in kind of Los Angeles area, I was in Orange County at the time. 
found out about it. They prayed for me and they did this like four hour time of prayer. And I ended up coming out of the coma like that afternoon after these people were praying. Like, yeah, cool. And they weren't cool. the only ones praying. There was other yeah, people. Yeah. My friends from Kansas City flew out to see me. My friend Zach at the time, he was in New York. He flew out to see me. So I come out of the, wake up out of this coma, no brain damage, no memory loss. I remembered everything. And then uh, pretty much my friends were like, hey, man, you know, when you get out of this, maybe, you know, move to this Pomona place and hang out with all you know because I didn't have any friends I didn't have any community but yeah. that's um it, it kind of a summary I ended up spending five months in the hospital after that um lots of work with doctors lots of work with getting like the medicine right mm-hmm. um and luckily I ended up kind of just um getting better after it was like obviously the worst thing that I've ever been through yeah. was, was yeah. that coma and then um so that was so that was the the medically induced is that would that, would that be, or was that the other the other kind no i mean it was because i had taken so much medicine and my mom um was i knew my mom was coming home so i started mm-hmm. kind of taking the pills at probably like 6 p.m but she flew in and in uh, 10 11 so the fact that she um was coming home obviously if she wasn't coming home then yeah i would have probably been dead because you know so it was it was it was serious man and that that um you know that really set me on on a journey more of just wanting to really share my story and talk and obviously i started a podcast um two years ago now so 2019 and um you know, I'd like to write a book. Um, I got involved with this speaking program uh, called Courageous Minds in like 2015. And that was uh, where they just, um, it was like through the clinic I was going to. And um, they teach you how to like share your story and speak. And so um, the coolest thing I ever did with that was I got to speak at a high school, Claremont High School to like, I don't know, 2000 kids, 1500 kids or something. And I got to tell my story. And, oh, cool. And obviously, you know, you know what it's like. You have a podcast. Yeah. I do this mm-hmm. exact same thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. find people to be on and like, yeah, yeah. let's talk about stuff. But that's uh, my long answer to your question. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, kind of the story. No, yeah, no, yeah. No worries. And kind of a funny story too, but, but, but sort of not funny. well yeah i I think the thing is what that kid realizes in the movie is like it's okay to have problems and it's Mm -hmm. it's okay to reach out for help but i it does this because he's hanging out with adults he's Mm -hmm. he's kind of seeing all of these like older people i mean (laughs) he kind of falls in love with the girl who's yeah but he sees all these older people who the one guy is like you know i don't have any friends and yeah. this is a hard revelation to realize in life. And and then the Zach Galifianakis guy is f- funny because he's just <laughs> like, he's like, you better not come back to this place, man. Yeah. Like, you yeah. better get the hell out of here. And like, and I, and, you know. And that that line, I've actually had counselors say that to me. <laughs> say that you know it's my job basically to, to fire them and they don't want they don't want to see me back there yeah that's the joke so that yeah, that's, that's that's not entirely inaccurate yeah, as far as that goes because I, I don't because I, i've had that said to me i'm, I'm sure you might have at some times have had of that course. said to you yeah. and many people listening have had it, but yeah i've had I, i've had counselors say your job is to fire me 
yeah it feels insensitive i mean i, I recently kind of went through a hard time again when covid and i was in the yeah. hospital a few different times and i was struggling with my thoughts and stuff and the, the yeah. doctors were just like yeah i mean dude you gotta you can't like just like stay in here forever you know like you you gotta like leave and like figure this out and i'm like yeah, yeah. well that sounds really bad you know what i mean yeah, like that yeah. sounds like you guys don't care but <clears throat> anyway i mean the hospital design and at least in our country is like it's never really a long-term place right Correct. Like you yeah go, you're only there for a week and and so everybody's situation is different lots of people lack support <laughs> lack friends lack family so anyway but yeah i mean that whole part of it is true it's like look you, you hopefully can realize after a few days that you're like yeah you know can find the will to live and um yeah definitely and and one of the reasons why I, i'm happy to have you on today and and we haven't we had talked about this uh, off mic before yeah. i hit record is i'm i'm always happy anytime there's someone speaking about uh faith uh, yeah. openly uh, yeah. Christian faith or, or any other kind, because it seems that many of the mental, the, the, many of the, the mental health conversations around bipolar, around depression, et cetera, you know, fill in the blank, tend to be almost like walking on eggshells. Anytime someone wants to talk about Bible study or going to church or whatnot, there's almost like a, like a, like a, a worry about offending someone. Right. And and this is not something that offends me terribly. I mean, if someone is talking about how Bible study or going to church and, and, and prayer assists with them still being here today, mm -hmm. I don't really that's that's not not that's really not high on the things for me to be offended about. And and, and I'm not making light of those who who might be offended by it, but for me, I just I don't see how that's in any way offensive to me. Right. You know, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and yet, it seems like there's a lot of, of tiptoeing and, and eggshell walking around it whenever it is, is, is broached as a subject. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you bringing it up because uh, what I try to do in my own podcast is kind of have these conversations and, um, I have a lot of ideas of where I want to go in the, in, in the future of it, because um, I've been in church my whole entire life, you know, and that's a long time. I mean, I'm 35. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think there's stigma, which we always talk about with mental mm. illness yeah. outside of church, like there's stigma in society. And that's exactly there's just a natural stigma of you know, why is it that anything mental has this stigma, but stuff that's physical is just easier to understand? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have diabetes. No one's, no one's going to give you a hard time for that. But yeah. when it's mental, it seems to be like, oh, it's just, you know, you, you know, you need to just get, get control of your imagination and yeah. move pull, on. Yeah. You know? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That kind but of all that to say, it seems like, that's the same kind of struggle is true in church so it seems like if i come to a, a bible study and say man i'm dealing with anxiety and depression i don't know i might need to see a doctor or whatever the you know whatever the extreme is mm -hmm. um yeah i think 
naturally people aren't um, equipped, I think, to try to, um, it might just be that we're trying to fix people when they have problems, you know, so it's not like AA, you know, that's like one of the rules of like, no crosstalk, you know, just come and tell (laughs) people that you're struggling, you know, that's the point, like, don't. So, um, but I I think some of it's just part of um, walking with God, I think, is that we have an expectation of, um, you know, joy and like the abundant life and sort of all of these faith passages that kind of emphasize, you know, our like, I guess, well-being. And so if we're not, you know, walking in joy and we're not happy, um, then clearly there's something's kind of wrong with our like approach. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, so, so sometimes it's just like, Oh, the only thing to do is to try to just, you know, let's just pray and prayers. I think always a good thing. You know, in some situations it might not be the best Mm -hmm. thing to do, but um, so I think there's some of that going on where I think we just have an expectation of like, almost trying to be perfect yeah just someone might feel like oh well why why is god allowing this to you know that that kind of feeling like why is god allowing this to you know why do i still have this burden and like with like job in the the bible you know you know whether it's job or or other examples in, in scripture where there's relevance to the struggles with you know a panic attack or or with you know bouncing off the walls when there's a side effect and you're you know managing, you know, managing a, a a new med change stuff like that where you're right you said the key word expectation where there's often expectation of okay well, well I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a good christian why is why is this happening to me yeah that, exactly. that kind of thing yeah i do think that's some of it i mean i think the other thing we both understand is that like mental illness and health and this stuff is complicated and i think complicated doesn't have to be confusing over time because obviously there's there's a lot of hope that is found in getting help you know of you know seeing a therapist of talking through things of um you know there's lots of similarities when people deal with with depression and anxiety and stuff and a lot of times it's just you know it is triggered by like normal stuff that's just mm-hmm. real life conflict that you you know you, you need but we shouldn't be so um dismissive to the complexities of like the body and i think that's another part of faith that's a struggle is you kind of just naturally dismiss science and biology, you know, and you just, what, whatever our theology of like spiritual warfare is, you know, I mean, it gets into all these other things, obviously, because um, <clears throat> the devil is real. And that's like a, a theological uh, kind of like pillar, right. Of like, you got to believe in the devil. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. The devil is evil and does have influence, I think, over our bodies and our minds. But um, I mean, we're also just fallen and broken and just 
everything yeah. just naturally is not working right. right. So now, when yeah. you said body part, part of me was the, which is kind of a weird pun because it's body, body of Christ, but it's also right. you know literal, physical, you know, mm -hmm. anatomy body. And how much do you see a lot of this being education in terms of? I know in a lot of Catholic churches and evangelical churches and non-denominational churches, you know, different churches, many of them have different different levels of awareness in, in a lot of ways, different um, levels of education as far as what they know about it. You know, whether there might be someone who's, whether it's a, a minister, whether it who, who, who is themselves, uh, diagnosed or whether it's someone who goes to church there and it seems like there's often when it's a minister or when it's a parishioner that's when the education sort of kicks into high gear you know what I mean versus if there have you found that to be the case or yeah um yeah I mean I think overall there is a lack of knowledge right mm -hmm. in all yeah. of these things and so I think it's like you know if you're a minister you you obviously shouldn't tell people that you're an expert in psychology or psychiatry you're 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 like look my study is more um the bible and you know other things um so i'm going to do the best i can to kind of lead you but yeah you probably are going to need to um you know go see a doctor and um I, so yeah i do think there's probably a lack of i mean i have a lot of respect for like rick warren who at his church i went when I was in my hard time, I went, he had a bipolar mental health, like support group. Is and, that the, the um, celebrate recovery? Is that, is that? The, um, the... No, it well, he does have that there at his church too, but this yeah. was, this was separate from that. Like okay. this was a whole, um, it was run by a counselor and a psychologist and it was like a six month thing. And cool. I went with my mom and cool. I was in such a hard place. I, I so it, but just, I mean, it was a binder, a thick binder full of information, you know, and since then, yeah. um, his son, unfortunately, died by suicide a month before I had my uh, overdose attempt. Um, yeah. And uh, we we're at the we we're the same age at the time. His son was 27. And yeah. um, so now I'm look I look back at that and I'm like, oh, that's what probably why he <laughs> started this group. But yeah. um, so. Uh, there's probably other ministries out there and other people. And obviously there's lots of books, I think in the last decade that have been written by people who are trying to kind of merge mental illness and faith together, you know, but yeah, I do think we still have a, a long way to go. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that answers that question. I think yeah. it's like, yeah, there is a lack of education in general. And I think just yeah. in the general public mm -hmm. of like, and how do we kind of merge together um, these two subjects? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because speaking from my own experience, many times the resources and programs that I found at church have often, many times not helpful, but there have been ones where they have been very helpful and very supportive, mm -hmm. uh, more so than with other resources and so i guess I, I i was wondering why do you think that is that there is that pronounced of a difference between resources that are or resources or groups that are offered at 
church and, and church-based ones versus ones that are not. Do you think it's more the fact that they are in in that context of faith-based as opposed to you know non-faith-based, and it's just just a matter of that, or do you think there's um, other reasons why it is? Yeah, more? I'm not sure. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think in general there seems to be still a, a fear of like you know going there and like yeah like approaching the subject as a whole and mm. and maybe we feel like we're going to be judged but like maybe a church could feel yeah. like ironically a stigma for just offering support yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, I, yeah. I, I, i'm not sure entirely i mean yeah it is a little bit mysterious i mean i think it's it, it, it's it's just like yeah, we all have problems, man. And like, let's try to be a beacon of, of resource for people mm -hmm. really with everything. And obviously yeah. every church is, lots of churches are small, you know, and then the, yeah. not every church is, is like a big church where mm -hmm. maybe they have those resources available. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think it could just be fear or just the, giving into that stigma of like judgment and, you know, like, maybe i don't i'm not sure exactly but well in your um because i know that you're you do advocacy work as well you know with, with mm -hmm. some of the speaking that, that you do um have there been any and i'm sure that that there are because i know that we still have a lot of work to do but right. have there been any i guess egregious examples of things that people have said to you as far as stuff that's not the most accurate to be saying to, to someone who's bipolar or you know sure. what, what what have you encountered like that's just really you know you shake your head and go really did someone just say that um well to be honest man i haven't really uh, most of the speaking things i've done with like nami and and other um courageous minds as well and um it's mostly been for people who are really hungry for the knowledge and the awareness and a lot of times they it's parents who have kids who are struggling um so i haven't gotten too much too much too much of an experience of like you know i'm talking to like people who are like really really hating on mental illness or something, yeah yeah you know? or or even on me for sharing my story usually it's the it's kind of the opposite it's where people are extremely humble and grateful that um you know uh myself and co-presenters with me are um bringing this conversation to light yeah. being brave about our story yeah. um but but yeah i mean yeah i can't really think of anything too out there i mean um what's your experience been like i mean are you uh well i've you go through that you, you, yeah, well, I've had experience where I've sort of been swayed, like on the pro and anti, you know, you know, fill in the blank. And I, I'm not someone who is going to take sides. I mean, I, I take your side. I right. take, you know, for those listening, if, you, if you're, if you can't get out of bed today and, and, and the most productive thing you're going to do today is listen to this podcast, you, you, I take your side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the side that I take. If there's someone who's managing well and has a, you know, med regimen worked out, 
I support you. If there's um, those who have worked out with their doctor a game plan that doesn't look like that, I support you. So my experience has been sort of being expected to like take sides when I don't take sides. <laughs> I, I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? I, you know okay. what I mean? That's uh -huh. what I've encountered. I mean, I think that the world's big enough and there's an, enough education out there that, that I trust people are doing the best they can with what they know how. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense you know i trust yeah, that you're doing yeah. the best you can and, and i'm happy that that you're you're, you're on the front lines mm -hmm. um because, because you are in the front lines and that's uh, you know that can't be understated enough uh when the issue is education and, and getting getting the facts out there so people can make um you know in, in informed decisions and be educated yeah, I think the biggest thing that's helpful, which you already probably know this, but um, we always quote like Brene Brown, you know, she's such a, a voice yeah. of, of talking about how empathy is really important and kind of what empathy really is, you know, and a lot of times um, when people are going through something hard, it's like, yeah, the temptation is to just try to fix them with with kind of a solution in the moment and it's like well that's not really what i need necessarily i mean yeah, yeah. um i just exactly. I'm, I'm i'm um you know loneliness and feeling misunderstood and feeling rejection and someone's home life and you know a lot of times that's a huge part of what's going into mm -hmm. to the conversation so i think overall in the midst of like trying to get facts and trying to get information and you know should I see a doctor should I not um is trying to just have as much compassion uh, as possible and I guess back to the church point it's like you would think that that would be the natural instinct of of a yeah. Christian right which yeah. that opens up another conversation of like oh. you know why why can Christians be not so understanding when it comes to, to humans, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, you, you would think we we're supposed to be compassionate and merciful and understanding. Uh, and we should probably have the most amount of empathy forever. And you don't always, um, you don't always get that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I'm, you know, I, I'm afraid that, and, and I hope this isn't the case, but I hope that nobody, as soon as she said God, I hope nobody like turned off the podcast and goes, oh, no, <laughs> you know, so yeah. for that reason, well, I mean. Yeah, like, let's not have um, another God talking. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I appreciate you too, um, you know, uh, the reason, I what motivates me to have a podcast and to speak and to talk to people is, you know, some of it's just that I've been through so much suffering with the, with the mental illness. I mean, you know, how many how much time have I spent just losing my mind basically, and then yeah. trying to get it back. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to be able to just try to, um, you know, be a voice of reason and hope for people. Um, it's definitely much needed. And, and I think lots of people are stepping up and, um, you know, we're not the only two people with podcasts on yeah. <laughs> faith and mental health or whatever but um but but you know but yeah. you know though um it does feel like it though because i when um because i've been reaching out to um a lot of christians of, of various um of various backgrounds and okay. my ratio right now of christian guests to and and i, I would imagine I've, I've had numerous christian guests on already but they just weren't 
you know, it wasn't really relevant to what they were talking about. So it never came up for a conversation. So I have no doubt that I probably have a much higher ratio. But right now, I can count on, 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 one, on one hand right now, the number of guests who have talked openly about scripture and, and prayer and whatnot. And, and I think that it should be a, a higher number. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it probably should be a higher number. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I think fear is, you know, we're either doing things out of fear or love is what one yeah, said. exactly. You yeah, know? and I think fear obviously dominates when if you let it and if if it's the, the driving force behind um <clears throat> yeah you're just you're not going to share and you're going to hide and um and obviously the opposite of that then creates opportunity for people and hope um when you're able to just be like yeah i love god but i also like have dealt with depression and i don't go around like hating god for that you know and that's kind of another issue too which is then you become offended and the point to what you just said which was someone hears god on this and they're like oh (laughs) screw this i'm turning this off yeah yeah yeah. and we're just like no 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 no, like like stay till the end you know we're not going to do an altar call at the end but you know you know uh we might do an altar call no i'm just kidding but um um but yeah, I, I, it's, it's kind of back to what I, I, the complicated and confusing thing, right? It's like we are dealing with complex things and, and, and we are, I do think we should look to the Bible to show us, um, look, there's people in scripture who were depressed, you know, and there's definitely people in scripture, if it's not depression, they definitely struggled, you know, like sure. with their life, like exactly. Paul is, probably the biggest example of someone who's like doing all this great stuff for God, but he's also yeah. suffering and kind of getting the crap kicked out of him. So yeah. I don't see a bunch of people in scripture who are like living super easy lives. Yeah, exactly. And then they're just like, Oh, yeah. I love God. And it's easy. It's like, I see everybody in, in scripture up against challenges yeah. and, and they seem to obviously um, carry the message of mm-hmm. truth with them so i think we can learn from that you know definitely and, and it's my intention that hopefully there if there's anyone listening today who, who hears you talking or hears, hears me talking and it's like oh they're, they're talking about god on, on a mental health podcast you yeah, know exactly. I, ideally yeah. in mind let them know that it's okay for you to talk about you know faith and god and, and prayer and and scripture you know in the context of mental health so i ideally it's my intention that, that more people will feel comfortable um talking about it without fear of offending someone or fear of okay where are those eggshells for me to walk on you know that kind yeah of, thing. of course yeah yeah i hope that too i hope it stirs up just um people's faith and people's mm-hmm. just um you know that they wouldn't be offended, you know, and that um, we, we would obviously keep having these healthy dialogues for sure. So. Absolutely. And, and I do want to mention for those who are listening, I know that there are, like I said, I know there, there's someone listening to this today who might not be getting out of bed today because you, you just don't have the energy to get out of bed today. And 
know that 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 you're not alone and um i, I stand with you and i know jared's uh with you today um as well so remember that that that, that you're, you're not alone you're definitely yeah. not, not alone for sure um, so as we wind down um, today, I, I did want to mention a, a few more um, resources uh, for everyone out there. I know that there is uh, Mental Health America, MHANational.org. There's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org. Uh, there's also madinamerica.com. Uh, they have more uh, research articles, some editorials, but um, there there is help available. Um, uh, and, and Jared, your podcast as well is um, going to be a resource for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Louder well. Now podcast. Uh, you can find it on uh, Spotify or Amazon or Apple or Google. So, yeah. Cool. Definitely. Well, um, Jared, thanks for being here today. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man, and, and keep up the good work with this podcast. And just, um, yeah, man, it's an honor. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, stay safe, everyone, uh, whether you're at, you know, at work or home from work or wherever you may be. Um, stay safe, everyone, and uh, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.